Welcome to the Getting Real with Hillary show, where ordinary heroes tell extraordinary stories during unique and never-been-heard-before conversations with your host, Hillary Arno Burns. Hillary's unique listening and way of asking questions results in conversations that aren't usually talked about, so you can create the life that you really want but are afraid you can't really have. We are demonstrating the greatness in the human spirit and creating a world where we all reclaim our birthright of joy, happiness, purpose, and passion. Now, here's your host, Hilary Arno Burns. Welcome to the Getting Real with Hilary show, and we have such a special, special guest today. And I just want to give her, uh, I just want to say how, what the first memory I have of Noreen is, but I, so, so this is all about, so I just published a book called Real Talk and Noreen is someone who embodies real talk. And I have always admired her because she is just not afraid to talk about things that I get like, like, like little girlish giggly. So. My first memory of Noreen is when she was talking to my, I must've been 10 years ago, my daughter's 24, maybe she was 14 and they were talking about sex. And I was like, you know, and Noreen was just so open and so like, it was, it was like she was talking about bananas, you know, like it wasn't anything weird or embarrassing. And I was just like, wow, who is that girl? So anyway, we've gotten to know each other a little bit and she has an incredible story and, um, you know, my daughter is quite open about it too. So yay, Noreen, thanks for opening her up and not like me. <laughs> but anyway, so Noreen is a personal life coach and she works with people. She's doing an event in London on June 24th on money, sex, or health. And I don't know if there's another word. It's on the other page, but that's what she works with. What? And what? Manifestation. Manifestation. Yeah. So that's what she coaches people on money, sex, health for manifestation. She's a power, power, powerhouse. And welcome Noreen to the Getting Real with Hillary show. Thank you for having me. Um, it's so funny that you um, bring up that story with your daughter because honestly, I don't remember it. Like, I, you know, you know, you have conversations and you, they're just conversations, right? And you just don't remember. But I love that it had a profound effect on you and also your daughter. So thank you for creating that space for your daughter and allowing me to just be me. I think that's great. Thank you so much. Yes, you were definitely, you know, just um, not, what's the word? Uh, when you're intimidated. Yeah, yeah. Not, um whatever, whatever the word is, you were not that you were, you were not bashful. You were out there. Like you weren't embarrassed, whatever. There was no, nothing, no filter. And I was like, you know, that is so incredible. So so I know we, we wanted to start at the beginning and where you grew up, obviously not in America from your accent. So where, right. tell us a little bit about growing up. I am, I'm born and raised in London, England, and I have two Caribbean parents. My parents were from Jamaica that emigrated to London in the 50s and 60s. And thus, I always say that I was the in it together kid whereby 
they hadn't seen each other in a few years because they'd been separated. So they like together and sex. Oh, there I was nine months later. <laughs> so I'm, I was considering myself like, well, welcome to England, baby. Were they married or they were just, yeah. they went, they were married because they had, I have two older, sorry, three older siblings. Okay. Yeah. So they had been yeah. separate. They were together. Wow. And what had them go to Eng to England? Do you know from Jamaica? You know, England was, uh, Jamaica was a colonial um, country. It, England owned Jamaica. So it's quite normal for individuals that are owned by a colony or are a colony to go to that mother country. So that's what my parents did. They wanted to go to England. They wanted a new life. And so they went. I honestly say I don't I have no idea what my life would have been had I um had they stayed in Jamaica, but I, I I'm grateful that they didn't. You know, Jamaica's beautiful, but like I think for the nature of who I am, I don't think I would have been the person who I am today. Yes, because you're like the queen. You're like you're like a royalty. That's how I see you. You're just like royalty. Thank you so much. You know, it's so like. It's so funny because people call me Noreen the Queen or Queen Noor. Yeah, and, and it's funny because even children call me Queen Noor. And in the beginning, I used to be like, oh, okay, that's a little weird. But not that I accept it. Like, I, I revel in that experience. You embody it. Yeah, with the pearls and the hair. Not the pearls. Yeah. Pearls are my favorite, favorite. <laughs> I have so many. Like, you know, in Victorian times, the women used to have those white collars. Like they have up colors all the way down. I have enough pearls that can go all the way from here all the way down. And they were all real. I bought my first set of pearls when I came to New York and I was working. And um, I saved up and bought myself a set. Well, I was only making $175. But I saved up and bought myself my first thing of pearls, like three stones or pearls. Wow. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, we'll hear about that first job. So you, you grew up in London and then you went to school, like everything normal. Yeah. I went to school in London, normal London, you know, normal life, you know, yeah. parent, house, you know, the whole nine yards school. I even went to college, but they kicked me out so nicely. I didn't even know I was being thrown out. Right. What? So I left high school at the, we say secondary school at 16. And uh, I went to Kingsway, Princeton. I really didn't know what I wanted to do, but I went to Kingsway, Princeton, and I took I was taking a secretarial course. But I didn't really go to sec I didn't really go to classes very often. And when I did, the girls wanted to live vicariously through my life, right? Because they were very they were very they had very strict parents, and whereas my parents, you know, I I think I was smarter than my parents. I think. And because they were immigrants, and because I was the firstborn, I think I like, took advantage of the situation. But I was able to exploit the situation to the best of my ability. Then how did you exploit it? So I went to college. You know, pretty much I did everything on my own. Decided that I went to college. And that didn't work out because the dean said, um, you know, Ian, I think you should get a job. That's a really, do you think? And he was like, yeah. And I said, do you think I should get a job? And he was like, yeah, I think you'd be really great at it. Not realizing he was telling me to get the hell out. 
you're distracting the other girls, right? Because, you know, when you come, but when you come to class, the girls, they want to talk to you more than they want to listen to the, that's the story of my life, right? Like, even if I'm not talking and I look at you and I smile or they look at me, it's like, I'm a dist- I was a distraction. So I left and, and I, he said, you're going to get a job. I looked for a job for a whole week. You know, I'm 16, right? So a whole week at 16, it feels like a lifetime, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. And so I looked for a job for a whole week. I interviewed my, the last interview that I went on that Friday, I was so depressed. I was so worn out after a week, right? <laughs> I had a scarf around my head. I had my white knee-high socks. I had my flat school brogues. I had on this little tiny skirt, a t-shirt, and my rabbit skin jacket. That's how I went. And and my bags, you know, across my um, across my body. And that's how I went to the interview. So I show up. The interview was in the West End. I show up, and this place is beautiful. And I'm like, oh, my God, I look like a tramp. Not like a tramp in the American way. Like, you know, I look like a hobo. Like, how could I... So the woman comes down, she's beautifully dressed. And the first thing I face, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I can dress better. I can dress better. I just was really depressed. I was looking for a job for a whole week and I got really depressed, but I can do better. You know, I'm 16, right? But she looks at me, she smiles, takes her head and just laughs, right? And, and then we go doing this interview. So we go up and plate is gorgeous. What was it for? What kind of job? It's a company. Right. Wait, you're 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 cutting out for some reason. It was a company. Let me try muting. Cut a company of restaurants. Restaurants. Okay. Can you hear me now? Yeah. Sorry about that. I don't know what happened. Yeah. So, company of restaurants, beautiful, great food, the whole nine yards, and I go up there and I'm like, I look like a mess. So anyway. Now, mind you, I couldn't type for shit because I got thrown out in typing class because, of course, I'm a distraction. Well, I didn't get thrown out. They wouldn't even let me in, to be honest. And um, they wouldn't let me into German. They wouldn't let me into typing, right? But I taught myself the best I could. Now, I show up at this interview, and she said, can you can you do this typing? I'm like, yeah, I sure am. Right? But anyway, I, I, we're old enough to remember a telex machine, right? So a telex machine is like, it's like a big version of texting, I would imagine today, right? And um, there was this girl, i never forget her name, was Heidi. Heidi was a thalidomide, right? You know, in the 60s, they had, you know, the drug, the morning sickness drug, where pe- women took it and their children... Um, came out handicapped, some without legs, some without, you know, all this stuff, right? It really, but Heidi didn't have hands and she didn't have legs, but this girl was slamming on that telex machine, slamming on the telex machine. So the lady said to me, and his name was Kathleen. She Wait, said, what was she slamming with if she didn't have hands or legs? She just, no, she had these bits, like, or, you know, just like fingers in her, where her elbows should be. And it's just weird. Oh my God. And, oh. uh, she was just doing it, right? And so Catherine says to me, do you think you can do this? So in my mind, I'm like, well, damn, she just didn't say FM because I wasn't in America yet. I was like, what do you hell? She can do it and she's got no fingers and I've got all 10. 
Of course I can do. I said, sure. Right? Faking the fuck. Anyway, um, I had to go do a tour of the company and all this kind of stuff. And I was but on the way out, I'm like, I'm really sorry for the way I'm dressed. I can absolutely dress better than this. Like, so she said, give me a call on like Monday and I'll let you know the outcome. So I called her on Monday. She says, do you want the good news or do you want the bad? I said, give me the good news. She goes, the good news is that you'll be getting the job. And the bad news is that you start right away. That was like, oh, why? So that was it. So that was the first job that I ever had at 16. So I went back to college and told the dean that I'd gotten a job. And he goes, I knew you could do it. He sent me this big box of chocolates. And um, he wrote a really good reference for me and stuff like that. And that's how I was able to get the job. But I worked with them for like six months. It was great. That's when I got my first taste of smoked salmon. It took me six months to try it for nasty and slimy. But smoked salmon is now one of my favorite, favorite things. But I know my nature is one of inclusivity and love. And, you know, I just love people. Because I remember on that job, um, I used to have to type the menus and bring them downstairs to the kitchen. And the girl before me, she would type. I was like, but anyway, you know, it was destined. So it was a really nice guy, really smart, you know, a lot of fun, easygoing. And I fell in love with them and I hung out with him for eight weeks. He came to England, met my parents. And then I came back in November and by December 6th, I was married. I didn't really want to get married. I just wanted to shack up. I needed an out, but he said, I'm not going to shack up with you. Either we get married or that's it. So, all right, let's get married then. And I'm like at the register of his dear God, please God, please God. Give me the strength and courage to, if it doesn't work out, that I can leave and I won't suffer. This was the prayer that I was having in the register of it. Because I was so nervous. And that was it. And, you know, God did give me the courage and the strength that when it was time for me to leave, I had the courage and the strength to do that. And that was obvious. And did any kids? Did you have any kids? No, I never wanted children. No, okay. So you just decided you'd had enough. Yeah, you know, we, we just outgrew. I, I guess we went different paths, you know? Mm. Yeah, we just did different paths. But I'm grateful. We divorced. We split everything 50-50. You know, we had an apartment that we bought. I bought him out of the apartment and um, kept it. And then life just went on. Wow. And what were you doing then? Was that when you were doing real estate? No, I, yes, I was doing real estate then. Yeah, I was doing real estate. Yeah, when we when we divorced, I was doing real estate. So were you doing like um, commercial or residential? I was doing residential, uh, residential housing apartment houses, rentals, pops, and condos. So what years were that? Was that that was like in the nineties? Because I came in eighty five. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that was like nineties to two thousand. I said let's say two thousand and because 2005 I kind of stopped doing it because I started going into the coaching realm of what I wanted to be as a coach right now I remember when I moved up to the city in the 80s Uh um it was very cutthroat I mean I was renting we were running running back to the office to beat out his his you know the people in his office. He's like, I mean, he was dragging me through the streets. 
They get right. this apartment where they had just broken into. I mean, I'm, I didn't even know what was going on, but I was like, okay, I went and I only stayed there six months, but but it was like nuts. Was right. it that way when you were well, there? Not, so here's the thing with me. I saw you do it. Well, real estate was something that I always thought about, right? Like, oh, I could do that. 10 years, reading the New York Times, I could do that. I can do it. I wonder if I could do that. I could do that. I could do that. I wonder if I could do that. And finally, um, you know, I decided to get out of the rat race, so to speak, right, which is nine to five and take a month off to figure out what I wanted to do because I was being an, a secretary, executive assistant, that kind of stuff. And I didn't want to do that anymore. I love the people. I always like the people that I work with and it was always fun. And I was working with a Japanese bank and it was fun. And, but I just didn't want to do it anymore. Right. And so I which bank? Which bank? Um, Nomura. Ah, I had a friend who worked there. <laughs> so I worked with them for a while. First I went as a temp, then they gave me a permanent job, but I was like, nah, I don't want it. And then I took a month off because I said, you know, I don't really know the neighborhood where I just, we just bought a place. I didn't know the neighborhood. I wanted to get to know the neighborhood and ride around on my bike and just be leisurely, you know? And uh, what was the neighborhood? What neighborhood were you in? Clinton Hill. Where is that? Brooklyn. Brooklyn, okay. Yeah, New Platt University. Okay. Right, and so... Um, the first Sunday, I'm going for doing the thing, going for the New York Times. I could do this. I could do that. And then I was like, I can do it because I'm not doing anything else. It just dawned on me. Oh, this is it, right? I can do it. And then a friend of mine, and I have this, you know, when when you're clear about what you want to do, there's that gosh, that gutta um, statement that when, when, when you're ready, all manner of people... Places that, that, yeah. that things show up, right? And yeah. magic within us or whatever. I And um, a girlfriend of mine called me up and said, hey, do you want to go to baby shower? And I was like, nope. She's like, why? And I said, I don't want baby showers. And she's like, do you want to go? Come on, please just go with me. I was like, ew, no. Don't want to go. And so she said, Noeem, please. And I was like, okay, I'll go. So I go to the baby shower and who do I meet? A real estate broker. No, real estate agent. Right? Chatting, chatting, chatting. She wanted to know what it's like to be married. I wanted to know what it's like. Anyway, fast forward the Monday, I'm walking up Walton Street in Brooklyn. Who do I see? In the shop. The real estate girl, right? But I didn't know this was a real estate office. I thought it was, you know, back then it was like, everything was buggy and there was fake shops, and which I always used to make the mistake of not realizing that it were fake shops. And I'd be like, why is this cereal box so dusty? Not <laughs> realizing it's a drunk place. Right. Anyway, I go in and I said, oh, I didn't know this was a real store. She said, yeah. She goes, the broker's going to be here in a bit if you want to meet with them. So I was like, sure. So I met with the broker and had a chat, hit it off. And um, she said, call me tomorrow and I'll give you the information about, you know, the school. And I thought to myself, this woman is not going to find this information because she's just not going to find it because the fact is i'm here already and she wanted to give me the score she can give it to me right now anyway nuts but that was a time when you could dial 411 information mm -hmm. get um any information you wanted so i called they gave me the real estate school or something and i called back and they said we start tomorrow i said can i come and register and that was it i went and registered did the um i did the certification in two weeks 
Like I really applied myself, knocked it out in two weeks and was keeping in contact with the broker. And she said to me, you can have a job. But one of the things I realized about myself is I never asked for a job. I always got a job. I never um, asked for a job. So even though she told me, yeah, you can have a job and you can start, it dawned on me, you know what? I need to change this. I need to call her back and say, thank you for the job. But I didn't ask. I have to ask you. So I asked her and I then I you know got the job and started and I made money my first week, right? And I had so much fun with real estate. I made money every week that I did real estate. Oh, like why did you sell your first week? My first week was a rental, right? It was a rental and I got, okay. I made $750 in commission. Wow. Right? But I did, like for me, real estate was like easy. You know, everybody's like running and cutthroat. I don't believe in that. I believe there's enough for everyone, right? I don't have to change. I don't believe there's right. competition. You want to be the competition? That's your business. It's not mine. You know, she didn't train me, the, the um, real estate office lady. She didn't, the owner, she didn't train me. She just threw me in and I had to paddle, you know, and that's pretty much how I did it. And then I worked with her for three years. Then I did Landmark, right? And I signed up for Landmark. And, you know, they say it's your life begins when you register. Mm -hmm. And I believe that with everything. Your life begins when you register, right? And uh, I registered. And in the midst of that, I was doing my broker certification. Now, this real estate owner, she didn't want anybody to do broker's license. But I was like, whatever, I'm doing it, right? So I did my broker's license. And oh, the moment I finished my 10-week seminar series, in my 10 week seminar series, I had my broke slices and then she fired me because she got scared. She thought I would steal her, um, you know, her clients. That's not my style. And I said to her, I wouldn't never steal your clients. And I wasn't planning on leaving. I wanted to, you know, right. have my own company, but I didn't know when. And so she said, um, well, I don't want you stealing my clients. So bring me my keys. So that was that. So All right. One sec. Because I want to ask you a question, but I want to do the commercial break first, sure. and then we'll come back, and I'll ask you quickly, and then we'll get into your next, what you do now. Sure. All right, cool. Has social-emotional learning become just one more thing on your teacher's plates? Do teachers and students both find it boring and ineffective? Then bring Kikori to your school. Kikori transforms classrooms through experiential SEL activities that help students play, reflect, connect, and grow. Even better, students say it's more fun than recess. Schedule a no-obligation conversation at kikoriapp.com slash bringkikori. K-I-K-O-R-I. Okay, well, that was our sponsor, Kikori app, and that was my daughter. That was her company. And um, we are also going to have a message from me because I have <laughs> my business is Real Talk with Hillary. 
I just published my book, Real Talk. And if you think you're someone who doesn't speak up and may not have the life that you want because you're not saying what you're afraid to say, go to realtalkwithhillary.com. That's Hillary is with one L. And take the Real Talk quiz. And if you don't have the score that you would like to have, just give me a call. Set up a call on the website, realtalkwithhillary.com. And we'll see what we can do together. So thank you. And um, we are back with our amazing guest, Noreen Sumter. And again, thanks for uh, thanks to Kikori, our sponsor. Um, so Noreen, what I wanted to ask you was, I know it might be obvious to people, but the difference between an agent and a broker, I'm thinking I know, but I'm not, I'm thinking that the agent is the person that goes out and sells and the broker is a person who has other agents. Is that correct? Yeah, the, bro the broker can have other agents. Okay. So the broker has a different license and he can like have the place. Yes. She can write up. Okay. This. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you got your broker license, that was kind of different. And then did you open your own place? She fired me and I, <laughs> but one of the things she said, he goes, I don't be stealing yourself. And I said, you know what? I would never have to steal for you. I know who I am. I'm good at what I do. I like people. The customers like me. They will find me anyway. Right. And that's what happened. But you know, when they did find me, I would say, did you give her the listing? And they'd be like, no, I'd be like, give her the listing because without her, you would never have found me. Mm -hmm. Give her the listing and let the best woman win. And that's how I operated because there's enough for everyone. Yeah. Wow. Um, and my first. I left there. I didn't have an office. I was going through a breakup with a, a boyfriend. I wasn't divorced yet, but I had a boyfriend. Right. I hadn't had a boyfriend in three years. And I just had this experience of wanting to bite people. And I realized, oh, I haven't had sex in three years. Right. <laughs> and so um, I started my business in a, and then I, I moved, left him because I moved out of from the boyfriend. I just bought this apartment and I was in renovation and I slept on the kitchen floor and I cried, oh my God, I'm going wide. Like that. Go like Scarlet O'Hara. <laughs> uh -huh. And um, I met a friend and I said to her, girl, you don't know, I'm sleeping on my kitchen floor last night. So she could come sleep at my house. I was like, oh, come sleep at your house. I've stopped business. I started on my kitchen table. And that's exactly what I did. And uh, my first month out, I made $10,000 on my own. And every, and it was that was it from there on. I was still the real estate, right? That was real estate. And, okay. You know, Landmark was um, really, really one of the things I have the spotlight for that because doing that 10 week seminar series really helped me get accountable and goals, you know, speak out what I wanted to say, what I wanted to do, like put it out there. Because I think when you put it out there to people, they hold you accountable. They'll hold your energy and then you, you get it done. And that's what I, so I did that for like 16 years, real estate. And then, um, wow. that I didn't want to do it anymore. I just got to the point. I didn't want to do it anymore. I enjoyed it. I love the money. It was great. I always made money, but I just didn't want to do it anymore. And then I did this um, mission to Haiti where I took food, clothes, medicine, and condom to Haiti because they had a flood. And I came back and I laid on my couch and cried and cried and cried because I was like, is this what my life's about? Just running off all those money. 
<laughs> right. And, um, and then I started to go to church with a girlfriend of mine, which I'm not a religious person, but she said, why you come to church? I was like, why you come for a drink? Why you come to church? Why? But I realized, oh, I could do it both. I could do both. Right. So I went to church and um, I fell in love with the music because that was the thing that really got me to go to church was the music because the music was so good. And um, I met this woman who apparently knew me and she said to me, what are you doing? I said, I don't know. I was long on the research. She goes, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. And she said, you know what you want to do, which I kind of did in my unconscious. And uh, she said, next week when you come back to church, if you keep during the week, if you say you don't know what you're going to want to do, you have to put a quarter in a jar. I said, how do you know I will do it? She goes, I know who you are. And she goes, I know you, you will. Anyway, I did. I went back to church with half a container of half a jar of uh, quarters. And I gave it to her and I said, that's your last, that's your first and that's your last. And I swear to God, I went home that Monday and in my mailbox was an NYU catalog. I had never gone to NYU as far as I can remember for anything, but it wasn't mine. It belonged to the guy that lived on the other side of the building. He had just moved out. So male person put it in mine on my side because we shared the same door number. The first page I opened to, it says life coach. Just like with the, the real estate, I called them up. When does it start? It starts tomorrow. Can I register? They said, yes, come register and the rest was history. And that was that. That was the beginning of my career as a life coach, doing this certification and then jumping in. And that, that was I can't believe they had a class in that. Yeah, they had, it was a whole um, workshop, a whole, um, you know, semester's worth or more of work. Was it? Wow. Yeah. That was at NYU. I think now it's a, uh, I think now it's a degree course. The last time I looked. I don't even know if they do it anymore. Yeah. But that. Wow. That and was, it was the next day. That's incredible. That yeah. Twice that happened. Oh my God. For 2005, I got my certification and that was it. And I had to burn, literally, I had to burn my real estate license because I didn't want to do real estate anymore. And I, I'm a person, I can't serve two masters. I've never had two jobs. It's either one or, you know, but it's never two. You know, so... That, and I've been doing it ever since, and I absolutely, absolutely, absolutely adore it because I am, my in my life, I'm a service provider, right? I help people by serving them to actually accomplish things that are important to them, things that they care about, like get out of their way. But my business is called Live Life Your Way, right? And I always say, not your mother's way, not your father's way, not your peer, not your friends, not society's, your way. And if you don't know what that is, come talk to me and we'll create your way together. And and that's what I do. I help people live life their way, right? Own their voice, speak their truth, and live life your way. That's my mantra. And how that came about, I was like, how did this come, how did this live life your way come about? I could say from when I was a child, my mother used to call me Onwea Picnic, right? And that's like, you know, in, in, in Patois, Jamaican Patois, Onwea, you want your Onwea too much. 
right? Oh, I didn't know what, I thought she was saying, you were saying ordery. <laughs> no, no, own way, own way. Your own way, okay. Own way. okay. Yeah. You want your own way, pick me. And I'd be like, yeah, I was. Because if I said I was going out, I want to go out. Like my mom be like, I'll give the house. I want to go out. My favorite thing was Sundays to go visit my friends and eat a Bird's Angel Delight pudding. That's all I wanted to do, go eat pudding, you know? And I would sneak out and go eat pudding. And she'd be like, didn't I tell you not to go out? And I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I'll beat them. I'll let them take them beating. I don't care. I enjoyed myself, right? And my, I'm just like, you know what? I will wear, I, in my mind, I'm like, I will wear you down because you can't beat me all the time. So what did your mother think of you? Did she just shake her head or did Literally, she? My mother shook her head because, you know, she just knew I was, I'm not doing anything wrong. I wasn't, you know, going out there, you know, screwing up a storm or anything like that. Right. Um, she finally just let me be, you know, she, she let me be. Right. And one of the things that my mother said to me, and this moves me, she said, I'm so glad I had you because you taught me so much. Mm. You know, I, that really moves me because, you know, my mother was um, an immigrant coming from, uh, you know, they, she wasn't poor, poor, but they weren't rich. She didn't go, she didn't have like college education, a full high school education. She lived her life pretty much by her wits and just like common decency. And for, for you, I think for your mother to say, for a mother to say to a child, you know, you really helped me grow, that's huge. Mm -hmm. you know, that always, that like always moves me. And now I don't have any tissues, right? Oh, I have some. I'll give you one. Oh, thanks, thanks mate. <laughs> so, so when was the $8.96? Oh, oh, so... Uh, you know, as you're building a company or building a business or growing yourself, you know, you don't have infinite money, right? You have to make money to survive. And I remember I got to the point where at one point I, my bank account went down to $8.96, right? And I was like, oh my word, right? My checking account was like painfully dry. $8.96. I said, I could get a sandwich and then Coke and I'm in the poor house. Right? And um, <laughs> I um, was talking to a friend of mine online and I was like, oh, I got no money. So I got $8.96 in my bank account. And my friend, Mike, is coming to, I was a friend of mine, he was coming to get mine. I was from Atlanta. I said, what am I going to entertain? I, I got $8.96. And this voice in my head, and I would say, if you get quiet enough, if you meditate, if you do all the things that are necessary for you to hear your voice, right? Because we all have that inner voice and sometimes it's negative, right? My inner voice said to me, shut the fuck up, you're lying, right? Shut up, you fucking liar. You know exactly where you're going to get money from, right? I said to my friend, you know what? I'm sorry. I, so I just told you a lie. I know exactly where I'm going to get money from. I'll talk to you later. And so in that moment, I got on the phone and just started making conversation, making calls and talking and inviting. And in two days, I had 4,000 and change in my bank account. Right? 
that's so what were who were you calling existing clients, calling existing clients people that are inquiries just people who popped into my mind yeah and that was it i got it sorted right the thing is we all have the ability to create what we want in life i believe that we've come here we know what we need to do but we have to listen to our inner voice that will give us a spirit our soul whatever you call it the source energy it will give you the directions and you have to take the direction you have to take the direction if you don't take the direction then you're not going to get what you want but you gotta listen and so i listened i've been at this now so what 2005 was that 17 years two decades nearly two decades right yeah I've wow. this I've seen all the people I went to school with, which is the NYU um certification, they're not doing coaching. They've left the industry. Wow. Because at the end of the day, you have to be tenacious. You have to be committed. I love what I do. And that is the thing that inspires me. That is the thing that keeps me moving. Right? I went back to school. I'm I have a question. I have a question. Sometimes someone will tell me something that doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. Now, the difference between that person speaking to me versus my inner voice speaking. Mm -hmm. How do I know that person wasn't sent to tell me this versus what I'm not feeling? Do you know what I mean? Well, like they say, we're not our feelings, right? Like there's a knowing. Yeah. Okay. When some knowing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it, it aligns with what you are hearing your voice say. It aligns. It's a knowing. You have to trust yourself. People go, oh, I don't trust people. Well, if I don't trust people, that means I don't trust myself because it's myself that helps me trust people. Right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, I don't trust anyone. Well, how are you living if you don't trust anyone? First of all, you got to trust this. It's the knowing. It's yeah, it's the like knowing. the heart. We, we have the a, heart, right? There's a inner knowing. It's I don't know if it's a heart. I don't know where it lives, but I just know it's an inner knowing, mm. right? I know that I'm doing the right thing for me. Yeah. See, when I trust it, I'm fall. When I listen to other people, I start not being. You know what I'm saying? It's not. It's not. You know what I'm, you know, you're not, alone. You're not that a match. Yeah. And I think, well, they know, so I better listen to them. But then I don't. They know yeah. for themselves. They don't them. Yeah. They know for you. That's you the know, difference. Sometimes yeah. we do have messengers. It's so funny because yeah, I, mm. I had a, you know, a fantastic weekend. Right? So it could have been a horrible weekend, but it worked out terribly, but I never, as long as I'm alive, I'm having a good weekend. Right. So. On the weekend, I was supposed to go to, uh, on the weekend, I thought I was supposed to meet up with my friends this weekend to go to a birthday party for one of them. We do this all the time and it's a birthday. And they've been speaking through text. I don't like texting. I'm not good at texting. I always misunderstand stuff with them. Anyway, I show up at Restoration Hardware. They have a roof um, thing where you can have uh, food, lunch, restaurant, right? And so I show up there and I'm like, you know, going to have the rest she goes we don't have you on schedule and i'm like oh my God. yeah i call my friends and they're like no it's next week i'm like oh bugger right so i figured hey i'm in the city what am i gonna do hmm. why don't i go to pastis you know and meet back in district 
I go to Pasties, I'm by myself, and um, I walk through the door and the person goes, I said, table for one. Or he goes, oh, you can eat at the bar. And I said, that's great. So I go to the bar and there's no seats, but the guy says to me, give me a minute, I'll find you a seat. But he finds me a seat and I start talking to this woman and then I start talking to her husband and then, you know, they leave and I sit down and these two guys show up, Frank and um, Frank and Ken, they show up. What, excuse my language, what a fucking riot. Oh my God, the party's starting. They were hysterical. I love laughing and I have a rule 10 times a day. I have to laugh 10 times a day, right? Because that's a rule that I created for myself, right? You know, an apple, an apple day keeps the doctor away. Right. Keeps me happy, right? <laughs> and so Captain Frank introduced himself and I was having a Bloody Mary, more, more bloody than Mary because I can't do the vodka. And I was like, oh my God, this is so good. This is me talking to the, this is so good. So Ken goes, is it good? Because I don't really drink Bloody Mary's. I said, neither do I, but I just got the, and he goes, all right, I'm going to try it. He goes, oh, this is so good. So we're like, it's good, right? This is how we're going back and forth. But we need to know we laugh and giggle and blah, blah, blah. And they were like, we're going to pee at uh, 57. I said, what's that? They said it's a new space that's just open on the west side. It's an outdoor urban park and has all these foods and eatery and it's a um, um, beard um, awarded place because it's been sponsored by Beard, who are the people that give you an award when you're a good cook. He goes, they goes, why don't you come with us? So I was like, are you serial killers? Because <laughs> they're going to tell you if they are, right? No, we need a serial killer, right? Wait, let's just say that. Yes, we are, but come anyway, yeah. And tingles me, I'm like, you're a serial killer, and I'm dying laughing. But this woman comes up, and he says, she goes to him, um, she goes to um, Frank, is that your girlfriend? So Frank goes, no, but I'm planning on it, right? Right? He goes, because she's gorgeous. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> when you get a compliment, the compliment, take it on. Because as we get older and older and older, we're going to get very few and very few compliments. So suck it up, right? So I go with these guys to the Pier 57. I never, I laughed so hard. I was laughing so hard that I had to stop and crouch down because they had me laughing so hard. These guys have been friends since they were little boys. And that, um, I think uh, um, Frank is 65 and the other one was 79, right? Right. And oh my God, we had so much fun. Well, I'm 60, right? So it was just really, really great. And then yesterday I went to my cardiologist who, you know, I had the last time I went to visit him, which was three weeks ago, I had a blood pressure of 155 over 99, right? I was like, what the difference going on? So they got new offices. I said, it's your office. It's completely white, stark white. I said, this is like, it's like sterile. I said, there's no life here. I said, I think you're going to kill us all. And you're probably going to increase my medication so that you can get more money. He said, oh, anyway, he says to me, I'm going to increase your dosage. Like, and I was like, I don't really think so. Anyway, I'll try it on for a month and see how it goes. So here's my theory. I go to the pharmacist, the universe, 
We got like one minute. So we want to be able to promote your stuff. Okay, tell us quick. Quick, quick, quick. No, we're almost complete. We're almost complete. Oh yeah, God, I can't believe this was so fun. I know. So, oh. yeah. Right, we're... quick, quick, quick. And then we want to promote your stuff. Go ahead. Go ahead. Hello, me. Oh, do you want me to finish? Well, I want to hear what happens, but it's got to be fast. to get my prescription, and they didn't increase the dose. He went through, but it didn't go through. So I went back this week after three weeks. My blood pressure is normal. Nice. Thank you. Yeah, please. And are, please. and are you going to see Ralph again? You mean Frank and, and Rand? Oh, yeah. Fine. Wow. All right. In the last couple of weeks, I've met four new people in my life. That one girl, her mother was in the original Planet of the Apes, which is one of my favorite shows, right? I met this other woman who was a, a, a pop star, a successful pop star in um in Sweden, and then Frank and Ken, right? Wow. So I lost four new additions to my life, and it was hysterical. Amazing. All right. So you live an amazing life. All right. So how do people find you if they want to check you out or do your event on June 24th? In London, how do they find you real quick? So if you, my, I have an event called, it's called Money, Sex, um, Health and Manifestation. And I'm doing it with um, three women as well as Mama Gina. Mama Gina School of Woman the Art. She's amazing. And um, it's going to be in London on June 24th to 20, no, 24th and 25th weekend of. And I will be sharing my tools of how to build your confidence, how to like live life your way. And if you'd like to um, find out more about it, you can reach me at Noreen at NoreenSumterCoach.com. And also I have um, a workshop, which I do every week at the mastermind that I have with women. And we look at worry, fear, and doubt. We break it down as to what causes worry, fear, and doubt. We take on the positives and you have to bring project at least one project that you want to accomplish because every week time out yeah we're i'm done we're at the end all right but all right so noreen you can get more information noreen at noreen sumter s-u-m-p-t-e-r coach.com thank you everybody for listening if you haven't taken the real talk or gotten the real talk book go to real talk with hillary Dot com. That's with one L and we will have a ball. Thank you so much, Doreen. This was, I, I'm sure we could have talked like for hours and hours with all your stories. And I'm just jealous that I wasn't there with you drinking the Bloody Marys and having a ball. Oh, oh, good. Well, we can do it anytime. I'm available. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a great one, everyone. Thank you. Thank you.